the masquerade. The thing is with, with uh, the mask is that you're, you're not supposed to know who's behind it. It's covering something up. And uh, so uh, I know that uh, all of us, you're going to find out after today's message, including myself, all of us have at least one or many masks that we wear. Uh, there was a movie a couple weeks ago that Melody and I saw called Wonder. How many have seen that movie, Wonder? Oh. Anyway, it's a movie about, uh, I don't know if it's true or not. It could be a true movie. It could not be. I don't know. But it's about a boy who was born with a disease and his face was deformed. And so what he did was he, he was really into space. And uh, so he wore an astronaut's helmet uh, all the time so that people wouldn't be able to see him. But eventually throughout the movie, uh, he went to school and so he could not wear the helmet anymore. And some people made fun of him and, and some of the kids. But then at the end, he had some solid friends. And he got to the point to where he didn't really care because he knew his self-worth. And, and he got nominated at the end of the school year as being something. I just went blank. Anyway, he got called up on stage in front of all of the, all of the, the student body and all of the parents who, who were coming there. But uh, I just thought, you know, how many masks are we wearing? How many masks are Christians wearing? And so uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, we refuse to wear masks, plural, and play games. This is Paul speaking. He says, we refuse to wear a mask and play games. We don't maneuver, manipulate behind the scenes. We don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open and the whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. God knew what he was doing when he made you and me. And unfortunately, most people, or a lot of people, I should say, uh, are not happy with themselves the way that they are. And so many people try to become somebody else, even work at trying to become uh, somebody else and imitate somebody else. And, but God wants you and I to know that we're all individually made with our own fingerprints that nobody has. God doesn't want you to become somebody else and die a cheap imitation. We all need to be originals. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot, you know, to say that it's flattery when people try to, to act like you or be like you. But I do know one thing, that God wants you and I to know how he sees us. So today, my, my goal is, is for us to at least realize that we should take the mask off and realize that God sees us anyway Behind the mask. We're not fooling him. We're not fooling him. Amen. But uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9 through 11. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Thieves, covetous, drunkards revilers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. 
Verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now, if you look through that list, the devil will accommodate you and me to think that, well, I, I can find myself in that list. And so you put a mask on and say, that, that's me. Uh, I'm uh, a liar. I'm a I had to look up reviler. And I, I kind of wish I didn't know what it meant, but I looked it up because it is in the list. And this is what it means, to criticize and be abusive in a hostile way. And so I thought, ouch. But this is what it says. If you are any of those things, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So most people and the devil will accommodate them and say, well, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God because you can find yourself in that list. Don't say anything. Just keep looking forward. But I mean, you can find yourself in that list. And then most of the time people says, when it says to inherit the kingdom of God, they think that means to go to heaven. I believe that's part of the equation, but that's not the extent of it. The truth is to inherit the kingdom of God means that you inherit everything that God represents and is on this planet planet in Pueblo, Colorado, or in Tanzania, Africa, or wherever you may be. That's huge. But the problem is we're not thinking that way because we have the mask on. So many masks. Do you like this one? You can't have it. But anyway, we, we wear the mask. And the devil keeps telling us this is what we are. But you have to read the second part of the scripture. In verse 11, it says, and such were. Everybody say were. Were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So he said, this is what you were before you were saved. But after you're saved, no matter what you do, I know this is hard to swallow, but no matter what you do, you're blood washed, you're sanctified, you're holy unto God. No matter what you do, that's what you are. So the difference between before and after salvation is that before salvation, when you lied, you were a liar. After salvation, if you lie, you lie, but you're not a liar. That's what you were. It's a lot bigger truth than what you're responding. <laughs> the point is this. You may do something, but that's not what you are. But the devil gets us to put the mask on to say that's what you are. And that's not what you are. And so we walk around with that condemnation and guilt, not embracing the kingdom of God here on this planet. So we are lied to. We're lied to by the devil. We believe lies. And we believe lies, when you, especially when you're growing up, when people say, people said things about me when I was growing up, just like they do everybody. And some of those stick to you. We should be like Teflon, but unfortunately, some things that people say and throw up against us, it sticks to us. And then it gets that way, we bring it into an adulthood. You work for some boss, and he says, you know what, you just, you, you don't mount to anything, man. You can't do the job. You don't cut it. And so we embrace that. 
and we put the mask on. You're just not good enough to do this job. And relatives, people that we love can say things that are sharp and, 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 and they stick to us and we think that's what we are, what we become. But the Lord wants you and I to know that it's time that we see ourselves behind the mask how he sees us because God sees you and me without any mask, without any mask whatsoever. First Peter verse five, chapter 5, verse 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So the devil, is he's like a roaring lion. So you know what that tells me? The devil also has mask. And I've believed those masks for a, a, the majority of my life. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion. So he puts the mask on as a lion. And everybody sees the lion. He's not the lion. There's only one lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. But we believe in the lion that he's, he's, he roars. And so, you know, like the king of the jungle. Man, when we were in Tanzania, we heard lions in the middle of the night. They weren't roaring. They were just going, you know. We call that purr. It's really, that's not the, sufficient. Purr is like a kitten. I would not call a lion that purr. It was just like wakes you up in the middle of the night and you're, everything stands up and you think, I woke up Melody. I said, do you hear that? What? What? Right outside the door. Door. There's lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. But anyway, there's something just about a lion that's in close proximity that there's not iron bars in between you and that lion, it's a little intimidating, you know what I mean? I mean, I want concrete walls and everything between me and him. But that's the way we look at the devil and all of his masquerade. We think he's powerful. The king of the jungle is the most powerful thing. He's, he's fearless and, and he can do anything. And so we submit to the masquerade party that he puts on going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, listen to me. If he's seeking, that means he can't devour everybody. It wouldn't use the word seeking, but it says seeking whom he may devour. Who are the people that he can't devour? It should be you and me. I said it should be you and me. But if we look at the facade that he puts on, I mean, I used to, years ago, I mean, people would say, oh, they got cancer or they got some leukemia or some ooh, heart disease. It was like, oh, well, right there, you just responded that it's big and it's more powerful than your God. It's a lie. It's a masquerade. It is. Every sickness and every disease is not even close to what God has done for you and me. It's not even close. He is not even remotely powerful. But if you think he's powerful, then you've opened up yourself to be devoured. And it's not because of God. It's because you believed in the mask. You've believed in the mask. But he has a lot of mask and he tells people, what they are. And the devil does this. I didn't realize this. You know, people say, you know, that God spoke to me. God did this. But most people don't say the devil spoke to him. You know why? 
He comes in first person. You know what I mean by that? I had to study this because in English was not one of my fortes. People in our church know that. And so they get their own interpretation when I preach. But anyway, when it's first person, it's this. It's the devil doesn't come. You are not good enough. You are not very smart. He comes in first person and says, I'm really not that smart. I'm not good enough. Where it's like it's your thought. It's what you are thinking. And it's you doing all of this. In reality, it's him. It's him. You know, people, they identify themselves what has happened in their past. What has happened? For example, you know, like, you know, well, if you start talking about your past, and people say, well, I'm divorced. I, I, I'm divorced and not just once. I'm not going to tell you how many times. But that's what they think they are. And so they put up a mask and they believe that about that's their identity. And there's the obvious that most people realize those masks, you know, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm this, and I'm, 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 I'm whatever, fill in the blank. And those masks are pretty obvious. But there's masks that all of us wear that are not so obvious. For example, you know, if you've been sick for a long period of time, something that you've battled with or struggled with, and so you identify with that sickness so you have the mask and somebody says something to you, I'm sick, I have this condition. And you relate your identity to that. I'm here to tell you that is a mask. And that is not who you really are. I feel the pain, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, you can feel the pain. The pain's there. But there's something far greater than the pain. And it's called truth. And the truth is Jesus, and he has paid a price for you that is higher than the fact of your pain. I'm not saying the, the pain's not a fact. I'm not saying the disease is not a fact. There is a fact. It's just like the law of gravity. There's something more higher than the law of gravity. It's called the law of lift that will take you above and defy the law of gravity. It's the same with Jesus and what he has done for you and me. Amen. I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink anymore, but that's, you know, I, I, that's what I am. It's a mask. You know, I, I'm, I'm just struggle financially. I'm just usually broke. I'm broke. We're just going to get down where, where some of you live and rip the mask off of you. I'm just really not that smart. You, you see, Pastor, you didn't, you didn't see my schools. I barely, barely passed everything. <laughs> not just English, but I mean every subject. I just barely passed, you know. If there is a D minus... Minus, I got that. Well, I'm just really not good at anything. Fill in the blank. But this is what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This, if you do that, if you transform the way that you think, first of all, the Holy Spirit will do that. But he says, if you give and surrender yourself to this mentality, this is what will happen. This will empower you to discern God's will. 
as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. In whose eyes? God. In his eyes. In other words, God takes all the mask off when he looks at you. He doesn't see any mask. And he says, I see you as perfect in my eyesight. That's how I see you. And so it's our responsibility to get into the flow of having our mind renewed so we will have a revelation and see ourselves the way that God sees us. It'll set you free. It will set you free. We were transformed. We were transformed. When you were born again, you were transformed. But the problem is we still wear the mask. We still wear them. Here's some that I hear Christians say all the time. I just don't have any patience. Now, Pastor, you were talking about some ugly masks, but I don't really have issues like that. I'm not for sure about the mask you're talking about. Well, I'm going to talk about some masks that you probably do wear. I'm impatient. I don't have very much patience. And, you know, I do struggle about being kind from time to time. I'm just not kind that, that often. You know, I'm not very loving sometimes. It's just, you know, it's just part of my personality, you know. I'm just not very joyful either. That's really not part of my personality either. And so the more we find out about your personality, it's just like, well, what is your personality? <laughs> you know, well, my personality is I'm really a control freak. I'm, I control everything. I want to be in control. So I, or the other ditch. I'm so passive, I mean, I spank my kids with a wet noodle. <laughs> I just don't have any peace, Pastor. You know, I'm just, I know, I just shouldn't, but, you know, I just worry a lot and I think about it, and so I, I, I just don't have any peace. Well, you don't realize, but every single one of those are masks that you are wearing or that I'm wearing. They're masks. Why? Because all of those is a masquerade because this is what God has said about you and me in Galatians 5.22. People are familiar with this, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Now realize, it's the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, which means it's fruit that you and I had nothing to do with. You and I had nothing to do. You couldn't get good enough or produce any goodness out of you to make this fruit develop on the inside of you or come on the inside of you. I don't know. That's just good news. He says, this fruit is produced by the Holy Spirit. And then it says where it's at, within you. So everything he's about ready to talk about is within you and me. He says, it's divine love and in all its varied expressions. Here we go. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. There you go. People say, well, I just can't endure this. I've got six children. How can I endure this, Pastor? You need to come to my house someday. It's just unbearable. They're all under the age of eight. The Bible says that you have patience, and not only patience, but it's patience that will endure. You have kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, 
gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. What? Are you kidding me? Holy cow. Everything that I just read, the Bible says is limitless on the inside of you. So why do we wear the mask? I don't have patience. I'm not that kind. I'm not very gentle. I don't have enough faith. I know. And it goes on and on and on. And God says, you don't just have this stuff in you, but what I have placed in you has no limitation. Which means I can always outlast the devil. I can always outlast the trial. I can always outlast anything the devil throws against me because I have unlimited power and resource on the inside of me. Wow. Shake my head. Verse 24. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. You've already experienced. You know, people say, I'm just trying to crucify my flesh. Why? I used to say that. I'm going to fast and just crucify my flesh. Why? I mean, not why. I'm not saying you don't have to fast, but that should not be the reason you're fasting. If you want to fast, that's fine, but you better fast for the right reason. It shouldn't be to crucify your flesh because God said it's already a done deal. Moving right along. We'll just keep reading until we get something that you'll smile about. All right. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. I was crucified 2,000 years ago. Why am I trying to crucify something now that's been done 2,000 years ago? Then he goes on to say, we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another for each of us is an original. I just wish I was like them. Why? God created you original. Nobody like you on this. Even if you've got a twin, they're not like you. They may look like you, but they are not you. Vicky Mati, you say amen. All right. <laughs> They're twins. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. But this is what I'm, I, I, I want to say. I think sometimes we just try to fix ourselves. You know, we got this mask and so we just try to fix ourselves. We're trying to fix ourselves. And this is what the Lord's speaking to us today. He said, you could be trying to fix something that I've declared dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's funny. You're trying to fix something that I've declared dead. I go, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you're trying to fix your old man who's dead. You're trying to fix him, make him prop him up and put makeup on him and, and you know, just prop him up. You're trying to fix him. He, he's dead. I've declared him dead. And if you understand he's dead, you start living a lot more victorious living in your life. You're trying to fix. I'm just trying to fix myself. I'm just trying to fix myself. I got to fix myself. You're trying to fix something's dead. He said in Galatians 5, uh, 5, 24. Keep in mind that we all belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. We've already experienced it. 
If something is dead, that means it no longer has power over you or me. I'll take it one step further. As far as God is concerned, sin is dead. Now you say, well, it may be dead, but it's alive and well in me. It may be. But this is the thing. When you understand the power of revelation that it's dead, it no longer has authority and power over you. There is no sin, no addiction, nothing strong enough to make you succumb to it. You have a power over it because it is dead. I'm not trying to fix myself. You shouldn't be trying to fix yourself. You should see yourself the way that God sees you, and that will take care of a lot of the fixing. You understand that? God wants you and I know. Let me back up. How many know that when Jesus walked on the earth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it talks about it, that Jesus manifested the glory. God manifested himself through Jesus. Everybody agree with that? Everybody agree with that? All right, so Jesus was manifesting the glory of God. Which, what does that mean? He was doing all of the things that God wanted him do, to do. He was preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out devils, just causing people to have victory in their life everywhere he went. People flocked to him. He spoke like no other. He spoke of one and with authority. He wasn't religious. He ate with sinners, tax collectors, prostitute, washed his feet. He didn't have a problem with that. Because the prostitute was transformed and believed in him. That's why he didn't have a problem with that. But religion would say, yeah, but she was that. And so they classify her as still being that. And Jesus did not. Anyway, my point is this. The glory of God was manifested through one body while he was on the earth. Only one person. He did give authority and power to his disciples. But as far as all of the glory being manifested, it was just through him. This is my point that God wants you and I to know. The reason this message is super valuable and important for us to get a hold of is this, because God wants to manifest his glory through you and me. We are the body of Christ. But listen, that will not be manifested if we're still wearing this. If we're still wearing our mask, I don't measure up. I'm really not that spiritual. First of all, Jesus never did turn to his disciples and said, go ye therefore and be spiritual. You can't find that in the Bible. You're just not spiritual. You can't find that. But Christians believe today that I just have to be more spiritual. No, you don't. You just need to see the, the way that God sees yourself. And you were trying to become something instead of realizing that we've already arrived at something. You know what I mean by that? We're trying to become more like Christ when God says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. In 1 John 4, 17, it says, If I want you to know that even like me, so are you in this world. Just like me, this is the way you are in this world. Just like me. No mask involved. No mask 
whatsoever. God wants his glory to be manifested through you and me. How is, how is, I just don't understand it. But listen, you got to start letting the mass go and surrendering to what God says about you. That song today, oh, it's one of my favorite songs. I don't feel love, but God says you're love. I don't feel very strong, but God says you're strong. I feel all alone, and I I don't feel it, and God says I'm holding you. We say something, but God is saying something today about you. He's saying something today, but we're believing the masquerade party, and God's saying start believing what I say about you. Instead of everybody around you, instead of the devil that's in your mind, start believing what I say about you. What do you say? God wants to manifest his glory. He did it to the degree. You remember the the old covenant in the Old Testament, I should say? The temple. There was an outer court. There was an inner court. And the inner court was separated uh, in two different sections. There was the holy place. And then behind the curtain, there was the holy of holies. Each section had a particular thing that was supposed to be accomplished. But the holy of holies, that was the place where you encountered God. That was a place where people, one person, the high priest, would go in there once a year and he would encounter God. The presence of God face to face behind the holy of holies. It's where God would come and commune with man and talk with man, be with man. Manifest his glory to the man. And this is what God wants you and I to know today. If you don't believe me about he wants to manifest his glory through you, and I'm going to prove to you in the word that he says this. I would go once a year to the Holy of Holies. But he said, now I have taken that out of the temple and I've placed the Holy of Holies inside of you, inside of you. And in you, and you, and you, and you, the Holy of Holies now has new residence. I just can't get enough expression out of my body to go, boom. What? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the Holy of Holies today is not in some building. The Holy of Holies today is inside every believer. Every single believer, every single person that believes in Jesus, the Holy of Holies inside of. Ephesians 2.22. This is the Passion Translation. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies. This isn't, you know, a book written about, you know, I mean, that I wrote. This is God, Okay. And this is what he's saying about you. Everybody say he's talking about me. And there's somebody probably out there watching that says, well, yeah, but I've done this, so I don't really think he's talking about you. No, it doesn't say, you know, part B, unless, you know, you're really a a knee-jerk type person and you're just the jerk of all jerks and you're, you're Mr. Jerk and Mrs. Jerk. You're the king of jerks. You're the king of sin. You're the king of always messing up. It doesn't say that. God did not look at you and say, oh, you don't qualify. But he looked at you and sees Jesus. And so there he says, you're well qualified. 
And so he goes on, he says, I'm transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. So how has this happened? It's because of the Holy Spirit, the Godhead. He's saying that now I'm going to dwell in you, not just once a year, but 24-7. I'm dwelling in the Holy of Holies. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave that place called the Holy of Holies forever. We have to see ourselves that way. You have to see that, man, I, if something bad happens or something's bad going on, you have to say, well, I know one thing. I've got the Holy of Holies inside of me. God is in there. And he wants you to know that you need to take all of the mask off. Every single one of them. As a pastor, man, I used to try to please people. Try to make everybody happy. Man, all it got me was digestive problems. <laughs> I went to a doctor one time I said man my stomach's just killing me and everything you know is going around I mean that there there's stuff moving in here that shouldn't be moving I know and the, doc, the doctor says well what are you worried about and thinking about and I went huh <laughs> don't you hate it when just people just point you out and and it's 100% the truth Galatians 1 10 it says obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And then 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, he says, for we speak as messengers approved by God. He's not talking about preachers. He's talking about if you have Jesus inside of you, you're a messenger. I said, you are a messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because you're a messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says this, you're approved. I approve you. There's people that don't approve you today. There's relatives that don't approve you today. There's enemies that may not approve you today. But God says, excuse me, I approve you. I know what's behind all of the masks that you've been wearing, and I approve you. I approve you today. Listen, we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And all of us, including myself, we have masks that we don't even know we're wearing. I'm just not strong enough in faith. I'm just not doing this good enough. And I'm just not doing it. And God says, put the mask down, Mike. See yourself the way that I see you. And if you look in the mirror, you're going to find out, I see Jesus in you. You have to see Jesus in you. And that will be far greater a scene inside of you than anything that you've ever seen before. That is who you are. I said, that is who you are. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's who's in you. And that transformation will cause your mind to be renewed so that you will be empowered to live above anything that's coming against you. You have to see yourself that way if you're going to live above every circumstance that comes in around. You do. Let's stand.